Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. L-O-T, the place I want to be. Come and sit down, have a foster chat with me. Welcome back, Susanna. Well, thank you, Abby. You're welcome. It's your podcast. It's like you've disappeared. Yeah, I know. It's We've been busy. Yeah, long time no see behind this microphone. I know. Uh-huh. But here we are back again. But I am glad to have you back. And we have a fun segment coming up. I'm excited. So people have um, asked questions. We've had some questions submitted, yes. And I think that it wraps up nicely what we've been doing of... Um, Filling in gaps of we we don't want we want the knowledge that we have imparted on other people. Absolutely. Because knowledge is power. And also knowledge is the first step in educate like advocacy. Yeah. I think you develop a passion because you know that there's a problem. So here we go. I'm just gonna dive right into it. Let's do it. Our very first question is one that I really like. Um, how do you get the point of God's love across to the teenager, specifically, so we're going to go an, an example, to the teenager who has been in foster care their whole life and who already has high walls built up from years of abuse and or neglect, multiple foster home placements, lack of continuity in education, and an array of losses of relationships? So it is hard but I think one word comes to mind okay. and it's consistency. You have to consistently show up and be who you say you are to these children, um, to these teens. And yeah, they're going to test you, but why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they test you? Everybody else has forgotten them, moved them, yeah. whatever, fill in the blank. So you have to keep showing up and showing that you are not that person. And doesn't mean that it's easy it's not easy being consistent. It's not easy being consistent in anything, but mm-hmm. it's especially if their behavior or they're being ugly to you or whatever, that's hard. Um, and honestly, Jesus ran after you. Mm. So keep running after them. Yeah. And I think that's something that's something that I've heard you give that piece of advice several times. Um, one was to um, a foster parent who had not gotten a placement yet, but they had just finished training. And, and that's kind of what you said. They're going to try to make you give up on them. And I don't know, I've never experienced trauma in that way. And so I don't know what that's like, but it's like, you're not going to love me. So I'm not going to get attached to you. And then when you consistently show up, it's like, it, it honestly is kind of like scary. I like to use the term, the example I've heard where it's like, if you have like a hot shower but you're really cold. Like you just came in from the cold outside and you get in, it burns your skin at first. So that love it, it, they, they are, they're going to run from that. They're going to be like, that's no, stop doing that. That doesn't feel right. Um, and then you do consistently show up and you're, they're like, okay, well maybe you are, you actually mean it. So very cool. Thank you for that one. Okay. <clears throat> The second one um, is how effective is foster care in its ability to change the projected adulthood of children in troubled homes compared to if they had stayed in that um, bad home? And more directly, what are the numbers and statistics to show that? Well, I don't um, I don't know what the statistics are, so maybe I need to look into that. But I can tell you that um 
the stories of, of kids that that's happened to mm-hmm. and stories of them getting out of their situation and being saved because of that countless stories. I can tell you, I mean, if they're being physically abused, I mean, if a child never makes it to adulthood because they were abused and even killed, I mean, mm-hmm. so I think foster care um, does work um, and, and it is salvation for these kids in some cases, mm-hmm. but not in every case. And I think what it all comes back to, especially as a believer, is being obedient to what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. So if he's asking you to say yes then say yes, and he'll figure out the rest. And honestly, I've talked to countless foster parents that um, that maybe they did adopt a hard child and they did fall out of communication or whatever once they became of age. And those foster parents say, but I know that I did what I was supposed to do. God's mm-hmm. responsible for the outcome, not us. Yeah. So um, I would say um, just benefit of the doubt here. Let's keep saying yes to these kids. And um, I I can, I can't show you this. I can't say that word either, but I can't show you the statistics, but I can tell you the stories. Mm -hmm. Do you have a story that comes to mind right off? Um, I think about a young man. His name is Trent. And how he was um, sexually abused and just went through some terrible, terrible things and um, came into foster care. And his mom uh, just really worked with him. And um, he had, I mean, him and his brother adopted mm-hmm. both of them and can, they've completely changed their lives. Um, and I can tell you uh, just stories of, of kids telling me that foster care saved my life and I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for it. Okay. Our third question is, are the kids that we see difficult to work with? Because you hear a lot about foster kids being quote, quote unquote, bad kids and they are put into that stereotype. So speak into that stereotype. Yes, I will speak in. I'm a little passionate about it. I'm about talking when I was supposed to, but (laughs) um, they aren't bad kids. And if somebody says that to you, then you should correct them. Because last time I checked, we were all born with a sin nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yes. But, and you know what? That's so frustrating to be judged based on something your mom or your dad has done. Mm-hmm. We need to remember children in foster care did not come into foster care because of something they did. Mm-hmm. It is something that an adult in their life that they have no control over did. Mm-hmm. Now, when they come into care, will they have behaviors because they were in that kind of atmosphere? Probably so. So would you. Um, so I would just say, and honestly, there I don't think there are bad kids. There are kids that made bad decisions. My biological children make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. They're not bad kids. We can't throw that on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, God doesn't call us bad people. Mm-hmm. He calls us people that choose to sin but not bad people. So I don't like that term anyway for anybody. Um, but I just think that we have to give extra grace, but no, they're not bad kids. But I will tell you this. If you go around calling them bad kids, guess what? They'll play right into that. They'll play right into that because you have set an expectation in your mind that foster kids are bad, but they are not. Mm -hmm. And honestly, they really just, they need someone to love them, to care about them, to consistently show up mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. I didn't realize that <clears throat> um, 
the lack of knowledge on this this is a whole foster care as a whole is that some people are like you're you're bad kid so you went into foster care oh my gosh no let me tell you right now i know we've probably said it already just in this little series the only reason kids come into care is for abuse or neglect not of their own doing abuse or neglect directed at them Mm-hmm. OK, so that is that is something that has been that they have had to experience. They've had to endure. And that is why they come into care. And I will say, are they difficult to work with? Depends on what they ask. <laughs> well, and honestly, I'm difficult. I'm so yes. I'm ask also my difficult. husband. I'm <laughs> difficult. We have our days. Yeah. I don't understand people that think children. I mean, I'm a grown woman. Yeah. I'm almost 50 years old. I have bad days where I don't behave correctly. Yeah. So, and I didn't have trauma in my life. Yeah. So you throw trauma in there and, and we're supposed to expect the behavior to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We're, and sometimes as foster parents, we even expect their behavior to be like our biological children. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's very dangerous. Or clear up really quick. Like, okay, it's yeah. okay if you act like this for a little bit, but that needs to go away pretty quickly. Yeah, and sometimes foster parents are like, well, I have loved them. I've given them a hug. Like, they should be thankful. Mm, you have no idea what they've been no. through. And things that will trigger them randomly. like Triggers, yep. Yeah, we were talking about that today in um, our morning meeting where certain things trigger certain people. And it's because they have something in the past that other people haven't, thankfully, gone through. Exactly. But we can't understand it until we've been through there or unless we train ourselves we still won't get a full Mm -hmm. understanding of it um so just that no expectations don't put expectations on them just love them for exactly who they are actually if you do want to put expectations on them always put a positive expectation Mm -hmm. yeah i know you're going to do good on that test today yeah because i you know and and if they come home and they didn't Mm -hmm. you know what that's okay yeah but you need to set positive expectations Mm -hmm. and even if it's like a tiny thing yeah. Like I know you can do this. I, I know, know you I know you're gonna go in there and brush your teeth for me right yeah. now. I know. Good job. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, me and um my my child, we've been working on telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And it may be just like the simplest thing, but I will try and give her the opportunity over a simple thing. Like I just mm-hmm. saw her, I don't know, pick up a ball off the floor. And I'll say, Hey, did you pick up that ball off the floor? And she'll say, Yeah, mom, I did. Good job telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Like that positive reinforcement and mm-hmm. putting out those positive expectations for children mm-hmm. instead of expecting them to misbehave goes a long way. Yeah. And they feel that. They definitely feel that. And I'll do this as my little plug that I like to plug the um, teenagers in foster care. Don't put me in a small cabin at Bridge Camp. Put me in there with the teenagers and they're not scary. They are just like I was at 15. They've experienced more, but they are just like I was. And they want to be loved. They want to laugh. They want to be your friend. And they're a lot of fun. And so teenagers are honestly, I say, less scary than the little ones. <laughs> well, a lot of times teenagers have been forced into a role of um, taking care of younger mm-hmm. siblings. Yeah. And they've had to grow up. So maybe they don't act like a typical 15-year-old yeah. because their life has been anything but typical when yeah. you've been taking care of your baby brother your entire life mm-hmm. you act like the mom for a reason yeah so. absolutely 
Okay. The question that's going to wrap us up today is um, what is the hardest challenges that the parents and the kids go through during this process? And I'm going to let you take parents as foster parents or biological parents or both. Well, biological parents, it is extremely hard, I would imagine, to lose mm-hmm. your children yeah. and to feel like um, it's such a hard road to get them back. And so I can't imagine being in that spot. And obviously, I don't have experience, but that would be really hard. Um, foster parents, I think it's all hard, but it's a different hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, training tries to prepare you for that, but you really can't be prepared for the ups and the downs and the everything, um, the emotional roller coaster. Um, one thing that, um, you know, as a foster parent for, for me was, um, getting a new placement, you're on the honeymoon phase, which is great. But then that first court day where you hear the kind of the story of mm-hmm. what's going on and that's heartbreaking. And then you're, you don't really know what's going to happen and and what they're going to go towards. And then if you do, stay with that kid and you end up adopting that kid or you end up providing permanency for that child, um, seeing them through that. And, um, there's always a last visit with their biological parent. That's hard. Like that, Mm -hmm. that's some hard days to walk through. Mm -hmm. It's also hard to, um, for me as an adoptive mom to know that, I've been given this incredible uh, opportunity to parent this child and to love this child and to bring them into my home. But, but it's because someone else has suffered great loss Yeah. Um, for my gain. Uh, honestly, it's my gain. And so that's, that's hard to, um, but I don't know. I don't know that there is a, this is the hardest part about foster care. Cause I mm-hmm. think it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and what I hear in that too, is just, you said that it's your gain. But, but you've just talked about how hard it was. And that makes me think of the video we watched the other day where hard is not bad. Hard is just hard. But it is absolutely not bad. Um, and I think the kids, I think like we had talked about earlier, the hard and the challenges that they face is the inconsistency that they see a lot of times. It is so rare that you see a child who has been taken out of their home, one foster placement, that's foster placement they stay in. And they either reunify and stay back with their family or they get adopted by this foster family and they stay forever. You know, like, I mean, once you're adopted, yeah. yeah. But it's it's so rare that that's your foster placement the whole time. You know, so the inconsistency I would see from the outside looking in is the hardest part on these kids is they just don't know which way's up sometimes. Right. And they don't know if they can trust you. If yeah. they've lived in 35 other homes yeah. and suddenly they land at your home and you're like, this is different here. Yeah. I've been told that 35 times. Exactly. So yeah, I, I just don't, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to believe you. And they're probably going to not going to trust you in the first week. And they may not even trust you in the first year. Yeah, for sure. So, so be committed. That's what, that's what I hear is if this is something you're interested in, educate yourself. Let us know if you have any more questions and, but be committed to where your place is in this, um, issue that needs so many more hands than it has in it. And don't give up when the, when the going gets tough, reach out and ask for help. Yep. Um, foster parents by nature are helpers. They're used mm. to being the um, solution to the problem. Yes. And I think foster parents need to ask for more help. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a team around you, a village around you to help you do what you're doing. It's hard. 
if you don't have someone texting you to encourage you, if you don't have someone that calls and checks on you, if you don't have anybody that'll just come do your laundry for you, um, we can probably connect you to some folks that would really love to do that for you. But foster parents need support. And um, I honestly believe with the right support systems, foster parents can can t- almost take any child and make it work. Yeah. So. Ooh, exciting. Okay. Well, that wraps up the first portion of our year of basic knowledge, pretty much. And now we're going to get into the who's helping part of our is series. helping Ooh, we've got a we've got a stellar lineup okay. of helpers and yeah. i can't wait to talk to them and introduce our listeners to these super cool people so until next time thanks for joining us today for foster carolinas were you inspired by something you heard today well we want to encourage you to make the next step whatever that is Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.